0: Do you know what you should be doing when it comes to your diet and health, but struggle with the getting it done part? Bodymetrics is excited to bring back Jumpstart, a six-week health and weight loss class that focuses on education and accountability. The class includes six weeks of live teachings, exercise plans, sample meal plans, daily motivation emails, and a free 30-minute private session with one of our dietitians. The class starts March 2nd, perfect timing to recommit to your health goals and get ready for summer. To reserve your spot or find out more details, visit bodymetricspa.com forward slash jumpstart. Welcome to the Nourish, Eat, Repeat podcast, helping people who want to improve their health and change their mindset around food so they can live the life they were designed and called for. I am your host, Adrienne Delgado, and in this podcast, you will get practical nutrition and health tips for both you and your entire family. I am a registered dietitian. I'll give you step-by-step plans to reach your goals, easy tips to stay motivated, and my favorite recipes that I know you will enjoy too. Nutrition and health doesn't have to be boring or grueling. Let's enjoy the journey while we strive to reach the destination together. So grab your water bottle and notebook because it's time to get started. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode. I'm so glad to be here today. Um, It's almost Valentine's Day and Valentine's Day is a very special day in the Delgado house. Um, I'm not quite sure if I mentioned this or not in a previous episode, but we have a very special Valentine's tradition and it probably started uh, six years ago, maybe. I think it's been, well, you know what? The girls are nine. And so, yeah, probably six years ago, we started this tradition where I remember telling Jim, I don't want anything for Valentine's Day. I don't want presents. I don't want a box of chocolate. Honestly, all I want is for you to cook dinner, for you to go to the grocery store, and for you to clean up. That would be the most amazing Valentine's Day gift. And he was like, sure, I'm on board. So he took the boys with him to the grocery store. They picked out some ingredients and they made us dinner. And while they were making us dinner, the girls and I, we got all dressed up. We put on fancy red dresses, which um, fancy red dresses means whatever we wore for Christmas that year. And we painted our nails and we curled our hair and we got all dressed up. While the boys were cooking, they put a sheet in between the dining room and Kitchen, So we couldn't look inside the kitchen to see what they were doing. It was a big surprise. And then the boys got all dressed up and we all had dinner together. And guys, this wasn't spaghetti with sauce on it. This was a four course meal, appetizer, salad, entree, dessert. And after dinner, which by the way, was amazing. Like Jim took the challenge and decided to run with it. Um, After dinner, we spent the night dancing and just spending time together, and it was one of my most favorite memorable Valentine's Day ever, to the point where every year since that, we have done the same thing. And I have to give Jim a ton of credit because he has gone above and beyond every single year. It's almost as if he tries to outdo the previous year. I mean, we've had lobster mashed potatoes, we've had surf and turf, we've had uh, fish. Remember the one year the fish did not turn out the way they expected it to, but you know what? That just adds to the memories. And every year it's a four or five course meal. Every year we all get dressed up and every year we dance afterwards because you know what? It's a great way to show our boys How to Treat a Girl, Um, and it's just fun for us girls to get all dressed up and to anticipate what we're going to eat, and guys, it honestly is just one of my favorite, favorite holiday traditions that we started, and um, I really look forward to it every year. Now, that may not be your Valentine's Day tradition, so in in the spirit of Valentine's Day, I figured today we would talk about sugar. Sugar. Oh my goodness. I can't tell you how many people come into my office and they need to detox from sugar. And they're addicted to sugar. And if I could just get sugar out of my diet, I would lose 20 pounds. So let's talk about sugar. Let's talk about what are the recommendations? What does a healthy diet look like when it comes to sugar? And... Do you need to take all of it out of your diet? Now, if you've listened to the podcast last week, we talked all about good foods and bad foods. So this is going to um, tie in really nicely with the topic from last week. So if you didn't get a chance to listen to the good food, bad food uh, episode, go back and listen to that. Uh, Like I said, it'll tie in really nicely with today's topic. So let's break this down. When it comes to carbohydrates, there are two different types. They're simple and there's complex. Simple carbohydrates like sugar are very easy for your body to break down and they can quickly be utilized for energy. So you need a pick-me-up, you need some energy, you eat a simple carbohydrate like sugar and it immediately gives you energy. Now that can be a good thing if you need a quick pick-me-up before a workout. If you have no energy and you need something to boost you up, the problem is it's short-term. Like Basically, sugar is in and out of your your body, or I should say in and out of your stomach, very quickly, 20-30 minutes max, depending on how much sugar you've consumed. The other problem with sugar is it greatly affects your blood sugar. Okay, it's very different from a complex carb, which we like to call long and strong. These are carbs like fiber, fiber that gives you energy, but it's think of it as long sustaining energy over the course of the next two to three hours, where simple sugar like white sugar or honey or anything like that gives you a burst of energy, but it only sustains you for about 20-30 minutes and then you come crashing down again. Remember, the higher your blood sugar, the more insulin your body creates to get that blood sugar back down. Insulin is a natural response to your blood sugar rising. It's a hormone that in turn gathers up all of the sugar in your bloodstream and moves it into your cells for energy. That's a good thing. We need energy To work, to play, to exercise, to have fun with our kids, to think. So it's a natural process where when we eat, the foods get broken down into sugars, released into our bloodstream. Insulin then is produced by the pancreas, gathers up all that sugar, and puts it into the cells so we can utilize it. However, when you eat simple carbs, like sugar, it does make a higher, greater blood sugar spike. And the higher your spike, the more insulin your pancreas has to produce to bring it back down. Insulin is a storage hormone. When you eat above and beyond what you need, when your blood sugar gets too high, your body says, hey, we don't need all of this for what we're doing right now. She's just sitting on the couch watching TV Let's put this into storage so that way when we do need it, we can, we can take it out. And I always tell my clients, we are great at putting things into storage and we are terrible at pulling them out. Exercise, movement. So does that mean we can never eat sugar? Does that mean we have to completely take it out of our diet? Well, let's look at it a little bit more closely So sugar is something that I would consider as energy dense. So a lot of times dietitians will talk about words like energy dense and nutrient dense, meaning for the amount of calories, what kind of nutrients does that food provide? Sugar is one of those foods that we would call energy dense that it has a lot of calories, but really no nutritional value that benefits the body in a positive way, meaning vitamins, minerals, phytonutrients. And so yes, it is a very energy dense food. It's not a nutrient dense food, but that doesn't mean it doesn't have a place in your diet. Now, if you look at any conventional diet out there, any diet out there, most of them will tell you, you must remove all sugar from your diet. It's inflammatory. It's addictive. It's terrible for your blood sugar and your insulin. And so if you are going to be healthy, you must take all of it out of your diet. And so then what do we do? We try really, really hard to take it all out of our diet. Like white knuckle, I'm not eating any white sugar. I'm going to do this. And then what happens? We get resentful. Somebody brings in donuts to work. Your kid brings home Halloween candy or Valentine's Day candy. And all of a sudden you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. This isn't fun. I just want a little piece of chocolate. And then because you haven't had candy or chocolate or sugar in so long, all of a sudden you're like, oh my goodness, I want all of it. I can't control myself around it. See, this is why I can't have sugar in my diet because I feel out of control. Let's look at what the recommendations say. The recommendations for sugar are not zero. Surprising, huh? The recommendations for sugar actually are based on added sugars. So I don't know if you've noticed, but the nutrition labels look very different than they have, you know, compared to 20 years ago. In January of 2020, they added a byline underneath the line of sugar. So you have carbohydrates on the nutrition label, you have fiber, then you have the word sugar, and then underneath sugar, there is a line now that says includes X amount of grams of added sugar. This was a huge, huge Win for the nutrition community because this allows us as the consumer to determine whether or not we want to eat this product. If the recommendations are based on added sugars, then this line is critical to help us understand how many added sugars we're consuming. Previously, sugars were all lumped in one category, so whether they were naturally occurring or added by the manufacturer. Us as consumers, we had no clue what was what. Now we know because a product may say, in you know, 13 grams of of sugar, sugar, oh my goodness. 13 grams of sugar, eight are added, includes eight grams of added sugar. Now we know of those 13 grams, five are naturally occurring, which we don't care about. Eight are added. The recommendations for sugar are based on added sugar. So again, added sugar, what does that mean? That means added by the manufacturer to make the product taste better. Naturally occurring sugars are found in fruits, in vegetables, in plain dairy products. If you look at a natural peanut butter, one that the only ingredient is nuts peanuts yeah there are some peanut butters out there with lots of sugar in it by the way but if you are looking at a natural peanut butter and you turn over the label the ingredient list says peanuts that's it you will notice that there is one gram of sugar in peanut butter per serving but when you look at the ingredient list sugar is not listed as one of the ingredients that's because peanuts in the serving size listed, have one gram of sugar naturally. Again, we are not concerned about natural sugars. I would say God made foods, produce, things that are good for us. We don't have to question that. What we do have to be more conscientious of is foods that we buy in a package, in a container, in a, in a sleeve, in a box. Because at that point, somebody has processed the food and those people, manufacturers, can, you know, add things to that product to make it taste better so you buy more of it. So we are concerned with added sugars. The recommendations put forth are only about added sugars. They are not about natural, which means you can go ahead and eat fruit. I don't care how much sugar is in a piece of fruit. It's good for you. It's nutrient dense because it has so many vitamins and minerals and things that are good for your body and fiber that it will always do you so much benefit than harm. Now, if you are diabetic and you have to watch your total carbohydrates, that is a different conversation, but that is a conversation for a different time right now we are talking about natural sugars versus added sugars. Okay. So let's get down to it. What do the recommendations say? So for women, the recommendations are no more than 24 grams of added sugar per day. For men, the recommendation is no more than 36 grams of added sugar per day. And for kids... And I think of kids as like 12 and under, the recommendation is no more than 12 grams of added sugar a day. Now, one time I had a client that we were reviewing these numbers and she's like, wow, that's surprising. I really would have thought that kids would have been allowed to have more sugar than adults. And I looked at her and I said, well, why? Why do you think that? And she's like, well, I just, you know, kids can get away with it. I was like, this isn't based on metabolism. This is based on body size, right? I'm like, kids are half the size of an adult. So therefore, they should have half the amount of added sugar that adults have. Now, just to give you a frame of reference, one teaspoon is equal to four grams. So in essence, I'm saying women should have no more than six teaspoons of added sugar a day, and men no more than nine teaspoons of added sugar a day, and children no more than three teaspoons of added sugar a day. Here's the deal when it comes to kids. Yes, they can probably get away with more sugar in their diet than adults can. Their metabolisms are a lot faster because they are growing, however, The habits you set your children with up today are going to follow them into adulthood. And just because they reach the age of 18 or 20 or 30 or 40 doesn't mean all of a sudden they're going to, oh, make this change in their mind. I shouldn't eat as much sugar anymore. Not if it has been a habit of consuming tons of sugar their whole childhood. I just had a client yesterday and she's like, oh, this is me. I used to eat so much sugar as a kid and didn't think anything of it because it didn't affect my body. Now I'm 45 and it's affecting my body. It finally caught up with me. So it's really important to set your kids up with good healthy habits now because you and I both know it is so much easier to start a habit when we're younger than to change a habit when we're 40, 30, 50 years into the process. So again, the recommendations for added sugar, no more than 24 grams for women, no more than 36 grams for men. So one thing that I like to do is when I look at a nutrition label to determine the product's healthfulness, or if this is something I want to include in our diets, whether it be a staple or an every once in a while food, is I will look at the sugar on the label. And I typically look for six grams or less of added sugar per serving. That tends to be a good number to look for when you are looking at cereal, when you are looking at crackers, when you are looking at bread, when you are looking at grains that you are going to be integrating into your diet. Um, cereal bars, a lot of people like protein bars. Um, you know, anything that comes in a package, I try to look for things with six grams or sugar or less. Now, I will tell you that I, when I go to the grocery store. I will send the kids into the cereal aisle and I will tell them, listen, you can choose any cereal you want. All you have to look for is at least three grams of fiber and no more than six grams of sugar. Now go. And I'll be over at all these other aisles and just go come find me when you're finished. And it was funny because um, one of my kids, I can't remember which one it was, came up to me and they're like, Mom. It's always the same for cereals. Mom, you know, you tell us we can get whatever we want, but really, there are only a couple cereals that fit your criteria. I was like, yeah, okay. Well, what does that tell you about cereal? It tells you that a lot of it is junk food. Again, I'm not going to call it bad because every once in a while it's, you know, we can incorporate it in our diet, but it's not an everyday staple. If it's three grams of fiber or six grams or less of sugar, to me, that's an everyday staple. That's something that we can have on a daily basis and can feel really good about it. Can we choose a cereal with one gram of fiber and 13 grams of sugar? Sure. We can incorporate that into our diets if we want to, but not on a daily basis That's going to be a very once in a while treat. That's what I do. That's how I determine. Um, But again, there's a place for everything. There's a place for foods that are staples, and there are a place for foods that are every once in a while that bring us joy. And so I'll be honest cereal, I mean, listen, when you look, I just saw a commercial the other day for chocolate life cereal. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to bash the Life Cereal Company, but chocolate Life Cereal, I mean, you've got Cocoa Krispies, you've got Cocoa Puffs, you've got chocolate chip cookies. I mean, we are basically giving our children chocolate for breakfast and then expecting them to sit still at school. Like, that's not fair to the teachers. <laughs> I know how my kids behave on on sugar, especially when they get lots of sugar. I mean, they're all hyped up. They've got that immediate burst of energy. It's not fair to make them sit in a chair and not move while the teacher is trying to teach them and their mind is spinning a mile a minute. I'm not going to do that. But we wonder why we feel addicted to sugar when we start our day with chocolate. But it tastes so good. Well, of course it does. They've added a ton of sugar into the product to make you want it and desire it. All right. So can you eat a cereal with 15 grams of sugar? Sure. You can do anything you want. When it comes to added sugars, though, I tell people, here, let's think of it this way. I'm your banker. If you're a woman, I'm going to give you $24. You can decide to spend all of it. You can decide to spend some of it. You can decide to spend none of it. It's up to you. The only rule is you are not allowed to save your money to spend tomorrow. You get a fresh $24 tomorrow. That's it. That's a healthy diet. It's not zero. It's not white knuckle your way through and don't mess up because if you do, you've fallen off the bandwagon. It's, hey, here's 24 grams of sugar. Enjoy. How do you want it? How do you want to spend it? So when I talk about sugar, I always share this story uh, from a client a couple years ago. Uh, yeah, about five years ago at this point. And um, we were talking about sugar and she's looking at these numbers and she's like, well, if I look at these numbers, I'm never going to be able to enjoy an ice cream cone with my husband at night. And so we were looking at her diet. So every single morning she drives to Wawa on her way into work and she gets 24 ounces of coffee and in that coffee, she put two tablespoons of a flavored creamer. Now, it was two tablespoons because this woman had a tablespoon, literal tablespoon, on her keychain. And she was really good about measuring out her tablespoons of creamer to make sure she, you know, didn't overdo it. But each tablespoon of her flavored creamer had eight grams of added sugar we looked it up. So in her two tablespoons of flavored creamer that she put in her 24 ounces of coffee, she's already at 16 grams of added sugar for the day, and it's 545 in the morning. For lunch, she eats a salad. Very good, healthy, right? She puts French dressing on the salad. For the amount of French dressing that she puts on her salad, it's an additional six grams of added sugar. So if we do our math, 16 plus 6 equals 22. She is already at 22 of her 24 grams of added sugar for the day, and it's only lunch. So then she says to me, so you're telling me I can't have an ice cream cone with my husband at night if I want a treat? I said, well, let's see what we can do here. Can you cut your, can you only put one tablespoon of creamer in your coffee? No, nope, I won't like the, f- the taste of it. I, I don't really enjoy coffee, but I need it because I'm studying late um, for my doctorate or I'm writing my doctorate. I'm working full time. I have to take care of my children. Uh, you know, I just, I have a lot to do. I'm up late. I'm up early. I need all, um, I need that large coffee. And in order for me to be able to drink it, I need two tablespoons of creamer. Okay, fine. Hey, how about we knock that 24 ounce coffee down to 12 ounces? That way our ratio is still the same. One tablespoon of creamer per 12 ounces of coffee. No, I need all 24 ounces of that coffee so I can get through my day. I cannot decrease the creamer and I cannot decrease the volume of coffee. Okay. Hey, How about we change your salad dressing? Would you be open to trying a vinaigrette of some sort or maybe some olive oil and lemon juice or apple cider vinegar or something that doesn't have any added sugar in it so that we can cut out six grams of your sugar? No, no. I think it's really important to eat a salad every day and I don't like any other dressing and I don't like salad without dressing. So I need to keep the, the French dressing where it's at and so I look at her, I'm like, well, you could always have some of your husband's ice cream. You could have a couple bites of his, um, but, you know, it sounds to me like you're really connected to the other added sugar grams in your day, and she was mad, like literally upset with me, and I was like, don't shoot the messenger. I'm just here to relay the information. Here's the deal. You get to decide how you want to spend Your added grams every day. You know, if you have a birthday coming up and you know you want to have cake, then make room for the cake. But that might mean you have to say no to something else. And that's okay. Instead of looking at it as, oh, poor me, I can never have anything I want. Yes, you can. You can have a piece of cake. It just may mean you're not going to skip your morning coffee or you're going to put, you're going to drink your coffee black that day. So you can do the the cake. That's all right. That's called balance. I did an episode on this a couple weeks back on balance and moderation and variety. And now this is actually what a healthy diet looks like. It doesn't mean eat whatever you want all the time in whatever quantity you want and then get mad when it's not working out for you. That's not how it works. Now, one thing we do need to be careful of um, obviously, again, when you're looking at your nutrition label, it's going to spell out how many grams of added sugar, which is helpful. Um, but it's also important to look at that ingredient list. So it's important to note that ingredients are always listed from most to least by volume. So whatever ingredient is in at the top or in the top five, that those are the ingredients that are most prevalent in the product. And so a lot of times when you see sugar in the top three or the top two, top four, top five, it's going to be a higher sugar product. But what you do have to be careful of is a lot of manufacturers now are using different types of sugar so that they can use smaller amounts so that that number, so that sugar is listed further down the list. I mean, it'll still be encompassed in the total added sugar number in the nutrition label, but a lot of times I'm starting to see now six, seven, eight different types of sugar in a product because they use different kinds like high fructose corn syrup, corn sugar, um, brown rice syrup, barley syrup, um, honey, coconut sugar, molasses. You know, just a quick note on honey and coconut sugar. They They can be misleading. A lot of people will think, I had one lady one time who made cookies for her father, her diabetic father, and she's like, Adrian, these were the most delicious cookies ever, and there was no sugar in them at all. It's like, really? Did they have banana in them? Oh, no, no, no. Uh, I was like, well, what ingredients were in this cookie that made them so tasty? She's like, well, you know, it was flour, whole wheat flour, and baking soda, and um, honey, and walnuts. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Honey? that's sugar. No, it's not. I was like, yes, it is. It's still sugar. It's maybe liquefied sugar. It may come from a bee and be a more natural source versus processed like white cane sugar, but it still does the same thing in your body. Same thing with coconut sugar. I had somebody in you know, a couple, oh gosh, maybe a couple months ago, um, try to tell me how healthy coconut sugar was. I was like, well, it's still sugar. Just because it comes from a coconut and not a plant, uh, you know, not from sugarcane, it still does the same thing to your body. It still raises your blood sugar. It still produces an insulin response. It still gives you a quick fuel source. You know, it's still sugar. So a lot of times we can get duped into thinking that because it's coconut sugar, it's healthy for me. Not really. It's just from a different source. So be careful not to get tricked into believing those things. Okay. So here's the deal. I need you to look at your diet. Step one is, you know, maybe write down what you're eating. Calculate how many grams of added sugar are in your day right now. And then figure out how close are you to the recommendations are you just a little off? Are you really far off? I remember one time I had a a lady come into the office and she told me, if you try to take my chocolate away, I'm going to walk out the door. Like I need something sweet every day. I said, okay, no problem. So we, what we did was we wrote out the things that she ate throughout the day, her staples And we figured out how many grams of added sugar were in the amounts of, were just in the foods that she ate naturally. Like how many grams of added sugar were in her bread and in her uh, breakfast and how many grams of added sugar, you know, did she eat at lunch and in her snacks. And she actually ate a really great diet. She consumed about 12 grams of added sugar on average every day. I was like, this is fantastic. You still have 12 more grams of added sugar to use if you want. That's the equivalent of, I don't know what it was anymore, three or four Hershey kisses. Do you think you would be okay with eating three or four Hershey kisses every day? Would that give you your chocolate fix? And she said, absolutely. But when I tell myself I can't, then I I feel out of control around it, right? Listen to last week's episode. I I, I get scared of being around it. Um, and then I end up just overeating. She's like, but if you tell me I can have three or four Hershey kisses every day, I can absolutely work that in. And that's what we did. And this lady was extremely successful in her health journey. I think she lost like 20, 25 pounds eating chocolate every day. So that's the thing. You can do whatever you want. You can make it work. You don't have to white knuckle your way from to not eating any sugar ever. Because that's not real life. Remember, my number one rule when you make any dietary change is, can you see yourself doing this five years from now? If the answer is no, then don't start something you have no intention of finishing. Do you really think for the rest of your life you're never going to eat Any sugar. I don't know. I mean, I'm not. I enjoy a piece of birthday cake. I enjoy celebrating my kids' birthdays. I enjoy going out on date night and sharing a piece of dessert with my husband. I enjoy those things. I don't want to not do them. But I have to figure this out. Like, I remember having a conversation with a lady and I remember saying, We've got to figure out how to coexist with food now, not. After we lose weight, like she wanted to just, you know, I'm just going to white knuckle my way through, do everything I need to do. And then I'm just going to hope that I can maintain it. I was like, I really need you to learn how to eat birthday cake at your kid's birthday now, rather than waiting till the end and hoping that your habit will carry you through. You've got to learn how to coexist with food now not later, because it's not going to happen later. We've got to figure this out now. And part of that is understanding what are the recommendations so that you can do this for the rest of your life, which contradicts, I know, all the diets out there that tell you, you can't stay strong. Don't ever eat it. It's just not, it's not true. Now I will have some people that are like, I just need to detox. I just need to take all sugar out of my diet and you know and if I get it out for a couple weeks then I won't crave it anymore. All right. It's not my recommendation, but if you have it in your head that you need to detox from sugar, which you know basically I guess means don't have any of it ever. Um there's a couple things you need to do. I'm going to help you out. You know, it's not my recommendation, You know, I like you to look at your diet. I like to look at how many grams of added sugar. And then we just, you know, find healthier versions of things until we can get into that recommendation. But if you feel like you have to, you know, detox, I'm going to give you five tips to help you out. Number one, you still got to eat carbs. Just because you take away sugar doesn't mean you take away all carbohydrates, your body is used to that quick energy source and taking away all energy in the form of carbohydrates will leave you feeling terrible. Don't do that. You're going to make the process so much harder and you're going to end up quitting earlier. You still have to eat carbs. Even when you're taking sugar out of your diet, you have to. It's important. Your body needs that energy. It needs that fuel. It needs those nutrients. Number two, you're going to drink tons of water. All right. Again, when you're dehydrated, it makes you have this false sense of hunger. And when you're trying not to do something or you're trying to slow down or trying to cut out sugar in your diet, we do not need false sense of hunger on top of it. I usually recommend take your body weight divided by two. That's how much water you should consume in a day. Another tip. And you know what? These are just great tips when you're trying to make dietary changes in general, whether you're trying to cut sugar out or decrease it or make other changes. These are just good, good things to remind us of, you know, how to make that happen and how to make us not miserable in the process. Number three, you got to go to bed early. All right. Again, your energy is going to be depleted because you're removing uh, that quick energy source that your body has come to expect Uh, especially if you're eating a lot of sugar at nighttime. And so (laughs) out of sight, out of mind, go to bed, go watch TV upstairs. Uh, We have to, your body's going to have to learn a new way of adapting um, or a new way of finding comfort without sugar. And, you know, let's be honest, at the end of the day, when you're physically, mentally, emotionally exhausted, we're not making our best decisions. So going to bed and giving our body that extra rest is a way of self-care that we can take care of ourselves. I remember my dad always, we would have arguments about this because when I was a teenager, my curfew was midnight. And I wanted desperately to stay up past midnight because I thought that's when all the fun was had. And my dad said to me, nothing good happens after midnight. And so I'm going to tell you, nothing good happens when you're the last one up. (laughs) When everyone has gone to bed and you're staying up and you are just going to watch TV and have your time. And uh, let's be honest, nothing good happens after then. We make very different food decisions when we're by ourselves or when we don't have the accountability of other people in the room. Uh, So go to bed early, get some rest so you can feel your best. Uh, Number four, if you are trying to take sugar out of your diet in an excessive way, you know, make sure you're moving, make sure you're getting some type of physical activity, um, but you don't have to push it. Gentle exercise is all you need. Again, your body's going through some changes, Let's help it out instead of making it have to work 10 times harder by feeling energy deprived. We don't need that extra stress. And then the last thing is if you mess up, move on. Do not tell yourself, oh my gosh, now I have to start all over again. I fell off the bandwagon. Now I have to wait until, you know, Monday or I have to wait until after the next holiday. You get up and you move on. You know, there's a reason why I'm having this conversation with you in February. You know, everybody's very motivated in January. And then by the time we get to February, the motivation starts to decrease a little bit. And I get it. But do not make a mess up mean something more than you just messed up and you get right back into it. Okay? So. Those are your tips for today. I know we went a little long, but I think there's a lot of valuable information in this episode. So if you find this to be helpful, uh, I'd love for you to share it with a friend. Um, If you can write a review or, um, you know, uh, rate this podcast for me, that would be awesome. Guys, thank you so much for listening. I just got to give you your recipe for the week. And I specifically pick something with chocolate. So this is my cannellini chocolate cake recipe. Uh, when I had my book launch and we had a huge party, I made a ton of these cakes for the party, and honestly, nobody knew that there were beans in it. And I promise you, nobody will know that there are beans in it if you make it. So, for this recipe, you're going to need one and a quarter cups of semi sweet chocolate chips, one 15 ounce can of cannellini beans, rinsed and drained, two teaspoons of vanilla four eggs, a half a cup of sugar, a half a teaspoon of baking powder, and one tablespoon of confectioner's sugar for dusting at the end. So what you're going to do is you're going to preheat your oven to 350 degrees and then use a nonstick cooking spray to grease and flour a nine inch round cake pan. So you're basically just going to spray it down and then you're going to put a little bit of flour at the bottom so it doesn't stick. Next, you're going to pour chocolate chips into a heat-safe bowl. Um, I always make a double broiler, so I bring a pot of water to a simmer, and then I place a bowl on top of that pot to create a double broiler, like I said, and I melt the chocolate chips that way. Alternatively, you can melt them in a microwave if you own one. As you know, I do not. Stir the chocolate chips until they're melted. Next, you're going to combine the beans, vanilla, and eggs in the bowl of a food processor, and you're going to process until smooth. Next, add the sugar and baking powder, and continue to blend until all those ingredients are incorporated. Finally, you're going to add the melted chocolate to the food processor, and you're just going to blend until that whole concoction is smooth. Next, you're gonna pour the batter into the prepared cake pan and you're gonna bake for 40 minutes. Um, I always like to check the middle. Um, I insert a knife into the center and when it comes out clean, I know that my cake is done. You're gonna transfer that cake to a wire rack for 10 to 15 minutes. And then after that, you can invert it onto a serving plate. Um, If you're doing something low key, you can just go ahead and keep it in that pan and serve it that way. Um uh, I like to always sprinkle a little bit of confectionery sugar on top uh right before serving just to make it look nice um especially since you, you're not using a, an icing but this is sweet enough that you're going to feel like you're eating something very indulgent um but you're getting fiber and protein from the beans it's a beautiful thing All right guys Thank you so much for listening this week. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you guys um, coming and listening every week. It just really, it brings me so much joy to be able to share this with you. All right, guys, have a great week and take care. Thanks for listening to the Nourish, Eat, Repeat podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please rate, review, and share with others so we can reach and help more people. For more information about nutrition, how to work with a dietitian, or about any of our programs, visit our website at bodymetricspa.com. Or you can find us on socials. We're on Instagram at Body Metrics Health, or on Facebook at Body Metrics Health and Wellness Services. The book, Nourish, Eat, Repeat, is available on our website and Amazon in both paperback and ebook versions. Once again, I'm Adrienne Delgado, and I'll see you next week.